Humanity Chats, a conversation about everyday issues that impact humans. Join us. Together, we can go far. Amplifying Black voices, speaking down barriers. to Margie TV. Today we are amplifying Black voices and we have Devlin from Speaking Down Barriers joining us today. Um, hold on tight. Let me tell you a little bit about Devlin before we bring her into the house. Well, Devlin um, is the executive director of Speaking Down Barriers and we are excited to partner with Chapman Cultural Center to amplify Black artists and organizations who have been impacted by the agency's community grants program. A little about the program, the program awards up to $5,000 per application and is open to both individual artists and nonprofits, government agencies um, in Spartanburg. A description um, about what Speaking Down Barriers does. Speaking Down Barriers started as poetry and conversation in November 2013, a group of mostly Black spoken word poets began to talk about race and racism in ways that implicated white supremacy. These conversations were centered around spoken word poetry, which uses poetic devices with the first person narrative and took place in the chapel of a majority white church in Spartanburg, South Carolina. The conversations grew in diversity and in topic, and their mission is equity for all, and have, they have two strategic imperatives, to end oppression and value everyone. Now, back to um, describing who Devlin is. Devlin, who is the executive director of Speaking Down Barriers, is the one who's going to be shedding a light on what the uh, nonprofit has been doing. She is a womanist and a queer abolitionist who believes Abolition is about creating beloved community and making things. Um, she has an MA in marriage and family therapy from Converse College, where she is working on a second MA in creative writing with an emphasis in poetry. Alongside providing counseling services, Devlin has led support groups, presented research, and conducted university presentations around racial trauma and oppression. She enjoys facilitating groups and presenting about equity and journeying with folks through the grieving process. Devlin is a spiritual director, a healer, and spiritual midwife. Now to learn more about Devlin, you can go on margimarsh.com to our blog and read about this lady. So without much further ado, I am going to bring Devlin into the house so that we can learn about speaking down barriers. Hi, Devlin. Hello, hello, hello. It's good to be here. Thanks for that wonderful introduction. Um, I'm excited about this conversation. 
Well, um, welcome to Margie TV. We are happy to have you here. Uh, and we are thankful to have this partnership with Chapman Cultural Center, where we are amplifying Black voices during Black History Month. It's a good thing to do during Black History Month, you know? <laughs> yes, and throughout the year, because every day uh, is facts. Black History Day. Yes, facts. Yes, 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 definitely. <laughs> now, um, I know that the Community Grants Program um, that Chapman Culture Center has, has helped speaking down barriers um, in so many ways. Could you explain to me further what um, program you implemented with those funds and where you are now? Yeah, we um, did something called Transformation Day. Um, we've been doing Transformation Day for a few years. Actually, the first time we did it, we also got the Chapman Cultural Grant um, a few years ago. So we decided to apply again. Um, it is to do a community event that's focused on the arts, um, the arts community, in addition to having dialogue um, around all the things that um, would separate us. Um, so it's based in equity. So um, the folks, the artists, um, we had uh, black folks from kind of all communities, you know, cause we're not a monolith. So um, there were uh, queer black folks, um, uh, black women, um, children, um, it was just really great. We had ages from like 11 to um, in the 50s, people who were producing art. So for me, that is equity, right? It's not putting anybody on the sidelines. It's wanting to um, hear from folks who are on the margins and why are they on the margins, right? And who gets to decide who the margins are? So we wanted to center people who aren't normally centered. In addition to food, we also had some food. Um, we had uh, some, uh, that's also art, right? So there is um, chef from, <clears throat> Haiti, who provides some Haitian dishes, um, as well as um, some Puerto Rican dishes also. So it was really cool to be able to get all those things combined in, in one event. And so did the funds also provide for the food or was the, was the food donated? No, no, it was not donated. It was uh, provided for everything. The food, the artists, um, were the place where we had, because it was mostly online, but we had a section of it where people could come and view art and also, you know, pick up the food. So um, we wanted to have a hybrid that kind of where people could see each other, um, but not too much because that was, it was heavy uh, COVID times in November. And so we wanted to make sure the community was safe. Thank you for sharing this. And what has been some of the feedback that you have received about that program that you had? Um, you know, we did a survey and people loved it. You know, they loved the opportunity to, there was a video, a filmmaker involved. Um, her name's Audrea. And Audrea, you know, had shared a, a short film. Um, in addition to people were really amazed at the art that the children produced um, because it was so... I mean, the theme of the day was um, what if equity for all was a reality? And so people produced art um, dealing with that. And so the things that the children produced was like, you know, just blew my mind, you know, their thoughts on what equity for all would look like and being able to show that in artistic form. That's a lot for a 11, 12 year old, 54 year old, <laughs> anybody to produce. And uh, they did a really great job. And so people loved, 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 loved the art. Um, and love the conversation that it pushed us toward. Now, did you have to guide the children? Did you provide any guidelines on what to put in the art or everything just came from their hearts? Came from their hearts. The guideline I gave was, hey, let's produce some art. And um, I had already worked with them before um, in a personal project of mine. So I knew that they were talented artists. 
And so um, when I asked, they were like, yeah, we'd love to. And the only guideline I gave was, what if Equity for All was a reality? And could you produce something um, with that in mind? And so, you know, they talked with their uh, parent about it and just was like, ah, what do we do? What do we do? And um, I think they did several sketches and ended up making two pieces each. So it was great. Oh, wow. So you worked with them in individual students um, with their families. Is that what you did? Yes. Um, Do you ever partner with schools to um, implement your projects? We're working right now with um, the Spartanburg Academic Movement. Um, They have a out of school time OST collaborative. And so um, we work with them um, at Spartanburg Prep to host an um, afternoon program. It's called the, the Jaguar Collective, Spartanburg uh, Jaguar Collective and so collaborative, sorry. And so um, we do poetry, talk about feelings. Um, there's some art involved later on in the sessions. We're about three weeks in, it's a 12 week program. And so that's what we're doing right now to work in a, in a school um, with, with that parameter. And it's been really good. You know, people have enjoyed that and yeah. And what is the long-term goal of that program? Being in that school for that 12-week period, what is your long-term goal? I think the goal of the collaborative is to help the students, is to help with behavior, to help with grades, to see if having, you know, this program Monday through Thursday from 3 to 5 or 3.30 to 5.30 is beneficial. And how is it beneficial? And is what we're doing doing some change? And so I think they're going to be looking at data to see if grades and stuff improve and if behavior improves um, so that we can, for us too, we want people to be able to identify their emotions and to um, be healthy. And one way you do that is by using the arts as a tool. And so we want to give them um, that ability also to, you know, I'm feeling all these emotions. What do I do? Oh, maybe I can write a poem or maybe I can draw something. Um, and so to use those things to create art ultimately is, is, our, is our goal too. Now, do you have a curriculum that you follow? We have one that we created. So yeah, we were following uh, one that we created for the students. And how, how did you create it? Did you have experts from different fields or is it based on life experience? How did you create that curriculum? So we create all of our curriculum with Speaking Out Barriers. Um, we, uh, I don't know that I, I curriculum is a strong word, um, but we, we have ways that we facilitate that we have seen be positive over the last eight years. And so those include dialogue, lots of dialogue, um, and maybe like a small teaching portion um, based off, you know, wherever you have expertise. And so since my, my uh, background is a marriage and family therapist, um, I have some you know, some education around introducing feelings and um, the masters in, um, in poetry is helping with uh, sharing, you know, what is poetry? What does it even mean if I'm a poet? And so to put those things together in a curriculum that's age appropriate, it's, it's something that we're all doing together as well. There's four of us who are facilitators. And so um, we build that program, that curriculum together. I don't do anything by myself. Really, really clear about that. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a, I'm the superwoman or I am the the person that, you know, does everything by herself. I do not. 
Um, and there's a team of people always. So with Speaking Down Barriers, there's an executive team. So I myself are the executive director, but we also have a lead trainer and a strategist, Dominique Vadrine, Dr. Dominique Vadrine, and Scott Neely. And the three of us together are, we do we do it together. It's a flat hierarchy. There's no hierarchy. And so uh, we work with the board and our facilitator team, and we try to keep it as flat as possible because we don't want to reproduce white supremacy. That's not the goal. It makes a leader who's out there, you know, stand on a pedestal. Um, that's not the life for me. Uh, I need people. And so community is the best way. Community is important indeed. Now, my next question is, so do you do your work locally in Spunberg or do you travel outside of um, South Carolina to be able to um, to deliver your message? So we do a lot of work in, in Spartanburg, in the upstate, um, Greenville as well, um, working with, you know, schools and businesses, uh, talking about how to move forward with equity. Um, in addition to working in Philadelphia with Philadelphia Fight, um, it's an HIV AIDS organization doing resources and um, helping folks, um, you know, live and live well. And so we've been able, uh, able to do some work with them in addition to um, helping a community in Muskegon, Michigan to start their own um, Speaking on Barriers. Um, excuse me, uh, it's called the uh, CGI, the Community Gathering Initiative. So we're not, we're not like over them or <laughs> you need to do this. <laughs> None of that. <laughs> it's more of a partnership. Hey, you want to know what we did? This is what we did. And maybe it'll help you. Um, and so we have a, a partnership um, with them um, to try to do that. And, you know, we're open to working anywhere. It would be really great if, you know, if there was a Speaking Down Barriers like uh, organization in every you know state in the U.S. having these conversations, but not only the conversations, the conversations that move toward action, that move toward how do you how do you make equity rule in your daily life? How do I use my areas of privilege to to help those who don't have what I have? Right, um, it's about giving back to the community. And now that you know through this pandemic, we have learned that we can have outreach virtually as well. So you you can you can basically reach um, any 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 uh, part of the of the country or world that uh, uh, that wants that that is ready to accept speaking down barriers. Yeah, the virtual world has opened up so many opportunities. Um, and so we moved all of our programming online um, when the pandemic started and our programming still is mostly online. Um, we're looking to see if this is actually going to be a period of time where things are going to change for the better. It's still kind of iffy. But um, if so, we, you know, we really want to get back into the community, too. Um, we miss because one of the things we do is have a potluck together. And we miss that time of just, you know, getting together and eating and talking and chatting about the day and building rapport with one another. So that helps build trust and then have the conversation. It's been harder to not have that time and then dive into deep conversations because people don't have the there's just something about looking at someone <laughs> face to face while you're like talking about your day and having a meal together. That's not the same online. Um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not the same online. And, and you know, I, I know that when you have food, it also brings out some kind of joy in yes. the people that have congregated. Um, I was at a basketball game yesterday and um, the kind of energy that we had there, I was thinking, oh, my goodness, COVID did take a lot from us because mm -hmm. when the pandemic was at its high, 
we couldn't shout and scream and have that many people in that arena um, supporting a team. So yes, it's it's important to get back in person. Um, now, my question for you is, uh, how do you get your funding? Because you're a nonprofit and you're not just reaching people in your local area. So how do you get your funding? Uh, we get funding in a myriad of ways. Um, grant writing, there is a lot of um, organizations that uh, are poised to give. It's just trying to find those, you know, um, and see where it lines up with our mission and vision. Um, we've received funding from the South Carolina Arts Commission since our, you know, we're all about art <laughs> and poetry. Everything we do is kind of centered around that and then moving toward the dialogue. So we've been, been able to get some grants from them, um, as well as working with um, some Sister Song and Reproductive Justice, because we worked with doulas and birth workers. Um, we have... Um, also trainings. Um, so our trainings end up uh, putting money back into the organization. So we did trainings with with Milliken, um, with a, a financial planning uh, company in Columbia. We work with Wofford, um, Converse College. And so when we do those trainings, those trainings um, end up being very supportive for us as an organization also. So with your trainings at those like, um, you know, we have diversity, equity and inclusion departments um, in organizations now, in companies now. Is that the kind of training that you provide? Um, what are some of the subjects that you broach? Yeah, we talk about um, one of our big trainings is beyond diversity and inclusion. And that conversation is around equity um, because for us, when you say inclusion and diversity, who's doing the including and why are they doing the including? Who's doing the diversifying and why are they doing the diversifying? And so we take a look at the history of racialized oppression and white supremacy and move forward to talking about implicit bias and explicit bias and then move to talking about equity. Because, of course, we'd rather be included than not included. So that's not a bad thing. It's just like, how do we move that forward um, into to a an even deep, deeper way of being people who are connected to other people who are different from us. Um, in addition to that, we have some trainings around story. Um, the, 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 not only the like benefit for you for telling your story, but the benefit from other people hearing your story. And what does that do? Cause it does something to the brain when we make a meaning of something. And so we talk about um, those kinds of things as well. What does it mean to hear someone's story in a non-judgmental, accepting um, kind of attitude? And what does it do to you to uh, invite that story and then to tell your own? Um, I picked a word from there, non-judgmental. And that's something that I think all of us have to work on because, you know, sometimes it's like, I know myself, Margie. It's like, I got some shade. I'm like, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Throw a little bit. <laughs> it is. It's, 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 yeah. We all have preconceived notions mm -hmm. and there is no lie about that. I mean, it could so be true. it could be anything because I know I know that I throw shade. Mm -hmm. And so um, I might need to speak to you guys, you know, about that non-judgmental part. <laughs> I think it's more like setting the judgment aside is probably more accurate. It's like, OK, I had it. It came up prejudice, stereotype, whatever it was. It came up. But how do I put that aside and not act out of that, you know? And constantly be changing because we're judging because we've had experience that's lead us to a certain thing or we've learned it from um, our caregivers. And so what does it mean to be like, huh, 
That's actually not true. So so and so people aren't like this because I know these people and I don't know all the people. So maybe this judgment is not something I want to hold on to. So it's, it's about being self-aware, too, which takes time and energy. And a lot of times we are urgently trying to run after whatever's in front of us. I got to I got to do this. 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 It's like, whew, let's let go of some of that urgency. I know that urgency. Um, you know, sometimes I, I um, when I'm about to judge, I ask myself, "What would Jesus do?" Ooh. And then, and then I tell myself, "I'm not Jesus." <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> so we all we all need we all need some 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 kind of um, we all need to learn empathy and and ways to relate so and, and how to get rid of our bias. Now you did you did talk about inclusion and a new word that it's not a new word it's a word that I've heard in the DEI um, realm is welcoming. Um, do you care to elaborate and on welcoming and the speaking down barriers? Also um, focus on that. Um, I think we would say that our welcoming looks more like our our second um, imperative, which is valuing everyone. Um, we value everyone for their inherent human dignity. So it's not about what you do. You can't do enough to make yourself more worthy or valuable, and you can't do enough to make yourself not worthy as a human. So people's actions, of course, sometimes are abhorrent and they're terrible and the, the actions are evil. And yet if I start taking away your humanity, I take away my own. So the welcoming is, hey, everybody has value. So you're welcome in this room. Right. We're not going to allow violence to go on or a violent speech. We're going to definitely confront that and hold people accountable. And yet the valuing of your humanity is please sit down at a table. So I think that's what that's what I would say about speaking out barriers. That's impactful. Um, the value of our humanity um, sitting down at the table, because, you know, um, in this day and age, there's a there's a lot of differences amongst mm-hmm. us. And it's so hard to come to a consensus because we're not willing to listen to each other. Yeah. And, and things get blown out of proportion when we're not willing to listen to each other. One thing you said was when you started out, you started at a predominantly white church. Um, that's something that people may not expect based on what you stand for. But if people can come together, regardless of race, gender, Mm -hmm. religion, um, is that what Speaking Down Barrier stands for? Yes, for sure. Let's come together. Um, And not only to tolerate, there's a lot of like, I tolerate you. I don't want to be tolerated. You know, there's an ex- a level of acceptance that we'd like to get to as humans where I accept you and I accept your differences and realize that I can learn things from our differences. You know, it doesn't mean we have to have the same exact thinking about everything. That's just not going to happen ever. Yeah, that's not going to happen. I don't think even twins have the exact same thinking about everything. So yep. and even you growing know, up in the same environment, they still don't. Yep. I know because my mom brought me up and there's so many things we don't agree on. Um, even when I'm eating, I like too much salt. And I, <laughs> I, grew up, I grew up under her cooking and she didn't put that much salt in her food. And I do this thing that is so rude. Like I pick the food and before I taste it, I'm salting it. Oh, yeah. Because you I mean, you already know. You're like, oh, I already know. Yeah. <laughs> She's going to need a little. Yeah. Yeah, she gave me the side eye and I don't care. Yeah, she's being judgy. Yeah. I do not accept your judgment. <laughs> well, Devlin, 
Thank you so much for sharing about um, speaking down barriers and the kind of work that you do. Um, viewers, listeners, uh, you can always learn more about this organization by going to www.speakdownbarriers.org. Speakdownbarriers.org. And you will find their social media handles. Follow them, support them. You can, um, can you donate online as well? Yes, 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 yes. We have a lot of individual donors that help us as well. Well, so if you're hearing this conversation on the podcast, or if you're watching on YouTube, wherever you are maybe watching this, remember www.speakdownbarriers.org, support their work. Um, let's let's work to build humanity together. And a little bit more, uh, I did mention it before, but let me tell you that community grants program that Chapman Culture Center has awards up to $5,000 per application, and it is open to both individual artists and nonprofit government agencies. Um, so you can learn more about that grant application process at chapmanculturalcenter.org forward slash grants, forward slash grants. Um, go learn about it. You may be able to get a grant if you are in the Spartanburg local area. And if you're not in the Spartanburg local area, look around your community. There are foundations, there are grant-giving organizations that you could go to for help. And uh, as, as Dublin was saying, Speaking Down Barriers is working with people across states. And so if you need to reach out, go again to speakdownbarriers.org. They are willing to work with you. Um, we're trying to get humanity to be at that better place so that we can all live together in harmony. Reach out, reach out to Dublin. Now, Dublin, before we go, and we're running out of time. Oh, I just lost her. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I was going to ask Dublin to share um, with us um, before we, we left if she had any final words. But you know what? I think I know what those final words are. Speak down barriers. Let us not be judgmental. Let us not put up those barriers. Together, we can go far. This has been Margie TV, Amplifying Black Voices, and we will be with you next week celebrating Women's History Month. I cannot wait for you to see that lineup. We have some amazing trailblazers coming up on the show. So subscribe to Margie TV. And you know what? Leave a review on that podcast if you enjoy our conversations. It has been such a joy being on your screens. Um, I hope you come back, be well, and again, together we can go far. Thank you for listening. Share with a friend. We are humans from all around the world. One kind only, and that is humankind. Your friend, Margie Marge.